We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Well, it's good. Good uh, uh, as as uh, I always say, I like being home. Um, so it was it was great to be with um, Pastor David Mayer up in Timaru this morning, and uh, and they are doing a, a really awesome job. Uh, just the prophetic um, uh, atmosphere and just the uh, the joy and the life of the church, and it's it's just really going from strength to strength. And and I really I just I said, man, this is awesome. I I just believe that God's going to just shift this to another level next year. And so it was great just to be up there and encourage them. Some of you may not know that David Mayer used to be in this church, and probably around about seven years ago, maybe even eight. I think it was actually oh eight eight to nine. They were sent from this church up to Timaru to lead the church and and uh, and really help it get get its get its feet back and they have done a great job and so those some of you may know them and I think it's good to report on those things and uh, and so they're excited I think they're going to be down at some stage as well and so that's good as well and also just again I, 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 us this year you've all worked really hard we've got a couple more services left. Uh, a couple more weeks of opportunity that we can uh, reach out and trust God and invite friends and, and see God move in their lives. Because the great thing is, is the love of God is just so ready to be received. You know, uh, so ready to be received. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through Christmas just, just breathing out. <sighs> Uh, it'd be so good just knowing of people getting saved, people knowing the love and the grace of God. And so, you know, as the team and as the church puts effort into Christmas productions and, and songs, and I know the food's going to be amazing next week, all those sort of things. It's not just so that we can celebrate what Jesus has done for us, but we can, we can declare and share the love of God with people. And so don't, don't miss this opportunity to invite friends along. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a high time of year where you might get a yes, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, Easter and Christmas. Yeah, just, just try it. What's the worst? No. But if, man, what would happen if you got a yes? And, you know, it's just been great this year seeing a friend of mine starting to continually come to church. And uh, it's just been awesome seeing what God's been doing in their life. And uh, there's nothing more joyful than knowing that you've, you've helped point people to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, um, tonight, oh, wow, we got lots of time. All right. Um, tonight, sorry. I've been up for a little while and driving. It's just stressful, you know. A lot of roadworks. We'll get there. We'll get there. I promise to behave. Um, tonight, I want to talk about Abel. Uh, who, who likes Abel? Okay, it's not a trick question. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. He's nice and all that. But I want to talk about a different Abel. So get, grab your Bibles. Go to Romans. Romans chapter 3, verse 27. And then we're going to go to Romans chapter 4, verses 1 to 5 and uh, 18 through 20. Um, but I don't think that I gave the team this one, but... You'll understand. I'll read it, then I'll and then unpack it. Romans chapter three, verse twenty-seven. Can we boast then that we have done anything to to be accepted by God? No. 
because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. It is based on faith. Tonight, if you're here for the first time, you may not understand what that means. But if you've been here for a, if you've, if you've been in church for a little while, you'll understand that it takes faith to believe that Jesus died and rose again. Uh, in this circumstance for, um, for Abraham, it's talking about, it doesn't mention him, but we'll do soon and, and as we go on. It talks about that God came and had a conversation with Abraham. He told him about his future. And it says that Abraham by faith believed. He didn't know if it was going to happen. He wasn't sure if it was going to happen, but he just decided, you know what? God said it, so that means it's going to happen. So now I believe. That essentially is faith. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. And so, so we stand here today, if you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour, by faith, knowing that we are saved and we have relationship with Jesus and we're going to have eternal life with Jesus when we die and go to heaven. That is an exciting thing. Amen. That is an exciting thing. Right. And so it's by faith I want to talk about tonight. And so Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 5 Now we're bringing in Abraham. It was still Abraham, but he gets mentioned now. Um, It says this, Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation because he was Jewish, uh, part of the chosen um, people. What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the, for the Scriptures tell us Abraham believed God and it counted him as righteous because of faith, much like I just explained before. But here's the thing is, aren't we good at trying to achieve things ourselves? Yeah. Yes, we are. But it's by faith we cannot achieve our salvation. I praise God the way that He's created you. I praise God the talents and the gifts that He's given you. And yes, you are supposed to achieve because you're supposed to use well what you've been given. Yeah. But we cannot achieve salvation in our own self. This is more like a next week's message. Right. That's right. I might use it next week. Anyway. Oh no, he's starting to think out loud. Right. All right, because of his faith. Uh, verse four. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. Again. Uh, but people are counted as righteous not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sin. Amen. Or sinners. I'm excited about that tonight. Sometimes, you know, uh, you can you thumb through the Bible and you're looking for all sorts of angles and, and theological questions and digging down deep and all that sort of stuff. But essentially tonight, I'm just going to tell you this, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's by faith that you believe that Jesus died and He rose again and He took the penalty of our, our sin, mine included. Amen. I'm excited about that. But and, and here's the thing. We can't achieve anything. We can but we've got to do it by faith. If we can achieve it by faith, God will move. All right, shoot down a little bit further. Verse 18. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. So again, just a little bit of background. God gave Abraham a promise that he was going to be the father of all nations. But here, it gets, he gets a little bit older and we figure things out. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how, that's how many descendants you will have. 
And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at the age of 100 years old, of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. So the promise is that he's going to be a father. As, as, as many as the stars in the sky, as much as the sand on the seashore, that's how many, that's what you're going to father. Like, he's now thinking in his head, hey, I'm 100. All right, But it says here that his faith did not weaken. In verse 20, it goes on, it says, Abraham never wavered in, in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger and in this brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. God is able to do whatever he promises. See, here's the thing. We're at the end of the year, but you got promises at the beginning of the year. All right, is anyone, and you don't have to answer this, but I pray you are walking out in the promises that God has gave you this year. But I'm pretty sure there's going to be some people here tonight who are, who are still holding on to that promise. Maybe you're still here tonight and you're holding on to a promise from the year before. Or you're holding on from a promise from the year before the year before. Or the year before the year before the year before. I'm going to stop there because it's going to get ridiculous. But it can go on. Maybe you have been holding on to a promise for 10 years. 15, 20, I don't know what you've been holding on to, but Abraham had been holding on to a promise for a long time. A long, long time. Even got to the point in the natural, things are not looking good. But he gets to the point where his faith grew stronger and stronger. He's like, somehow, even even later on in life, we see that that, that God um, fulfills the promise and they have a son. But then God says, I want you to take your son and sacrifice him to me. Talk about having, like, trying to understand God. But God, you'd said this. Somehow, Abraham still goes on. And then as Abraham was about to sacrifice his son, God yells out and says, stop. Now I know there's nothing that you wouldn't do for me. See, I want us to get to a point here tonight where it says that we can live in verse 21. And verse 21 says this, He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever He promises. God's able to, like, I think we believe that, right? We do believe that. God is God. He's big. He's strong. He's mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. There's nothing our God cannot do. And, and, and God is able to do whatever. We do, but we sort of throw in a, a few things like, well, when He's ready. Or, or in God's timing or something like that. Here's the thing. God is able to do whatever He promises. Now, now let's attach that to another well-known Scripture. Ephesians 3, 20 says this. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So again, we hear... We've, we, we, we read this word able again. And, and, but now it's not just God is able, it's that God is able to do whatever He promises, but then we link it with the, the promise from uh, Ephesians here. It says, now God, all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish everything that, he, that, that we might, might ask or think. And so now there's a, there's a connection that we have with God. It's not that just God is able to do it. God is able to do it through us, through the power of God moving in us. Come on, I, I believe at the end of this year, it's not about breathing out and going, oh, thank Jesus. 
that I have to now I can relax and apply sunscreen seven times a day, get sand, whatever. No, there's a place where it's like, no, come on, God, I want my faith to strengthen if I haven't seen what you promised I was going to see. Uh, you know, this year, uh, my, 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 my promise, my faith was, come on, God, I want to see an average of 100 in Mosgiel. I want to see an average of 200 in Dunedin in the morning service. We got close. We didn't get there. But I'm saying, all right, God, that's not going to weaken my faith. Come on, what are you able to do? But it's, God's able, but He's able to do it through you and through me. And so we partner with God. So, but, right. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 to 10. Now, some of you know that I, 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 just how God talks to me and mixes things up. And so um, I do know that Abel is spelt A-B-L-E, okay? But I also know that Cain and Abel is spelt A-B-E-L. But they sound the same, so it works for me. <laughs> now, Adam had sexual relations with his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portion of the first born lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel's, uh, Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door and eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So I want to talk about tonight... Don't kill Abel. I want to talk about that tonight. See, we get to a place, and I understand it's Abel as a person, but I think we get to the point in life where we kill the God that is able. We kill the a- a- ability, or we kill the able that is part the partnership of the Holy Spirit in us. And at the end of the year, it's not about just breathing out and, as I said, putting applying sunscreen. Is saying, you know what, God, how am I going to strengthen my faith for next year? How am I going to build? See, we can, we can use Cain and Abel as, as a very similarity of how, how we walk and how we journey with God. And in fact, theologians will say that Cain and Abel are twins because it doesn't say that, that um, Eve slept with Adam again. Anyway, so a lot, of, a lot of the times they'll say that they're twins and it says here when they grew up as they grew up together. So possibility they're twins here. And, and, and as they grow up, and, and, and I've shared uh, with many of you, if you've been in the life of the church, and, and about my life and about how I love my sister to bits, but you know the, the track that she's gone down versus the track that I humbly and thank God that I've been able to walk down. And that, that you know, she's still in a bit of a, in a, in a, yeah, it's just life's not good at all. 
But then God's grace covers my life and, and, I, and I made some choices and I made some decisions. I honoured God in my life and I received the love of God and the love of Christ and, and I follow, I've tried to follow His wisdom. Still, you make many mistakes, but you're still following God, right? And so, but, so we've got this, this opportunity, but I, I wonder, you know, because how do you get to a place where you kill Abel? Because Cain and Abel were born in the same family. And they, one went out and cultivated the ground. One, one was a shepherd. But how do you get to the place where like, oh my gosh, I've got to the point where I've killed my brother. And, and, and that's just crazy. See, in, in our own lives, sometimes have you ever thought and you've gone down a slippery slope and, and you've got to the point where you go, oh my gosh, how did I get here? I don't know how I got here, but I got here. And, and, and it happens because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's out there to try and take you down. And so just one decision after one decision after one decision ends up, oh my gosh, I just killed my brother Abel. And, and tonight I want to talk to you about, you know, sometimes we kill our faith. How did I get to this place where I've just killed Abel? I've killed the ability of, of, and the belief and the faith that God has placed in me and the promises that God placed in me. And so... I want to just share three things. And there's three things that you will know. Three things that are, are very prominent in the Bible and you'll, you'll know these things, but I want to just share them because I want you to go into your summer believing that your faith is going to get stronger and not just taking on the things of this world and just breathing out and applying sunscreen. I'm slightly worried that that's the only thing you're going to... You're just not going to get sunburnt this summer, right? The first thing, if you want to know if you're about to kill Abel, first thing, just become familiar. I think familiarity, it doesn't kill the cat, it will kill you. You know, it says here that, that um, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift in the best portion of the first fruits, the first, firstborn lambs from the flock. You know how we can, when you get tired or when you get to the end of the year or when you get a little bit ready for a holiday, sometimes familiarity can kick in. And then we're like, oh, you know, it won't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm just on holiday. I'm just relaxing. Chill out. You know, it's not going to matter if you have an extra drink. It's Christmas time. Come on. Just got real quiet in here. Come on, relax a little bit. It doesn't matter. Oh, it's Christmas time. I'm, oh, you know, I'm buying presents for the family. It won't matter if I don't tithe. We get, we get familiar with God and then suddenly we lose the disciplines that we put in our life through the year that have actually held us. And then familiarity kicks in. Oh, it won't matter about having a meaningless, meaningless holiday relationship. <laughs> I said that this morning. I said, I put that one in for some people, right? But don't we, don't, like, we, oh, just, just relax. And Cain just started to relax. Oh, I'll just bring some. I'll just bring something. It doesn't matter. It's just, oh, come on, God, give us a break. It's not about God giving you a break. If you're living life that you feel like God's got to give you a break, you're living wrong. It's about, Lord, thank you so much. This is, this is what I'm here for. This is what I'm here to give you. I don't want, I'm from, I don't want to get familiar with you, Lord. So we get familiar with God. 
I don't, I'm not saying I'm not, I don't even want to ask the question, hey, where might you begin familiar? Because otherwise it gives the devil a chance to get in and bring condemnation. It's not about that. But I'm saying, come on, where, where, will we, where are we going to continue to grow strong in our faith, strong in our belief in God? Come on, don't let familiarity get in. Um, next one. If you want to know if you're about to kill Abel, just start to plot about things that are not of God. Where did that come through? Come from? As verse eight, one day Cain suggested to his brother, "Let's go out into the field." That wasn't just a lucky chance. That was Cain just figured out a plan. He goes, "I'm upset. I'm accepted. Why? Because if you read the verses beforehand." When he's having a conversation with God, he says, the Lord says this to him. He said, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain, why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at your door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. See, God's never, never going to ever put you in a situation that you cannot overcome. I think there's a scripture in Corinthians that says that you'll never be tested more than you can handle. But, but it does say here, come on, be careful. Sin is crouching at your door ready to consume you. How did I get here? Well, it was one familiar decision at a time. But see, see if you want to know if you get into a place where you're about to kill Abel, uh, you, you've really got to, you, you start to plot about things. Everyone can plot about things, right? Yeah. Yeah, we've preached on this before. Everyone can plot. Like, I don't know what, what, what's the biggest thing in, in front of you right now, but whatever it is, you know how to get it, right? Just ask Desiree to ask me a question. What am I thinking about right now? I'll give you like five things I am plotting to get. It's Christmas time. I've figured out how many Prezi cards I'm going to be getting, what Dad's going to give me, what Mum's going to give me. I know what Desiree's parents are going to give me. I know how I'm going to get from here to here and achieve it. And don't tell me you don't do the same thing. Right? You do the same thing, whether it's uh, whatever the latest thing that you're wanting. You know how to plot to get things. You know how to think and get things. But it's the same thing if you if you want to if, if you want lead, lead your let your mind wander and have ungodly thoughts and ungodly uh, like uh, um, yeah thoughts you you're close to killing Abel you're close to killing the faith that God's given you you're close to killing the very thing that God God said that he he, he would do. And it says there again, I want to repeat it. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever He promised. When you start thinking that, is God really going to come through? Is God truly able to do this? Is, will, will, he, will He break that down? Will He sort this out? Will this circumstance change? Could, and we start, we start changing our thinking that doesn't align with Scripture. And I know circumstances and situations and there's some of you have been through stuff that, I don't, that I, I don't know, only you know how you've gone through it. But I want to say, don't get to a point where you stop believing that God is able because, and you start changing the way you think. Know that you've got to align your way that you think with the Word of God. You've got to keep going back to the promises that God gave you. Like Abraham had, he said, no, my faith is going to get stronger. It's not going to get weaker. It's going to get stronger. 
But if we start getting familiar and we, and we start plotting and we start thinking about ways and scheming that are not of God, we're close to killing Abel. Um, last one. Next thing. Uh, so, uh, and on that one, what's the famous scripture? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. If you want to help your thinking, you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, psychologists will say that if you, if you start thinking about something in your brain, you'll form a highway to that thought. And you'll keep going to it and you'll keep going to it and keep going to it. You'll have to retrain your brain. I've heard stories of God doing miracles and people instantly being healed. That's awesome. But little by little, you actually have to retrain your brain. Little by little, little by little. That's why, you know, um, when Saul, Saul, a a tormenting spirit came on Saul and he got woken up. What did he do? He got a worshipper and he got David in to play the harp when a tormenting spirit came on. And so he slowly, little by little, started changing the experience. He started worshipping. So we need to, let's, let's not uh, let corrupt or bad thinking get into our life. Over Christmas time, oh, oh, just, oh, I think I might just chill out next year. I'm like, I don't know if I want to serve in church. Well, I, hey, um, I was really trying to find it and I searched and searched and searched in my Bible, but there was a scripture that said something along the lines and um, it was about a week ago in the Bible lab. So I haven't been able to figure out how to go back and find it. But it actually says that when you serve, it, it leads you away from temptation. If you find it, please send it to me. It'll be helpful. But when we serve, it leads us away from temptation. I think that's awesome. How many, how many achievers have just looked on Google right now? All right, some people. <laughs> um, so, where are we up to? Let's not get familiar. Let's, let's, let's renew the way that we think. Let's not plot things. Let's think of ways that we honour God with our lives. I want you to have a rest. I want you to have a break. But I want your faith to go stronger and stronger. I want you to muscle up a little bit. The faith muscle, amen? All right, next one. If you want to know if you're about to kill Abel, your language is going to change. I don't know. Am I my brother's guardian? That's Cain. He used to be his brother. Now he doesn't care. You know, sometimes our language does change. It does change from season to season. It will change. There will be times where we get challenged. Oh, I just, nah, I don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. Oh, you know, maybe as an example, e-group leader, you're an awesome e-group leader and you've been doing an awesome job, but now you've got tired and now you've just lost a little bit of faith or whatever. And you're like, you know, you used to be able to ask you, oh, yeah, hey, where's, how's, how's, how's Mary Jo going? Oh, man, she's doing awesome. She's doing great. And like six months down the line, oh, how's Mary Jo doing? Who am I? Mary Jo's keeper. I know drastic, drastic, drastic illustration, but sometimes our language shapes. Oh, I'm just not sure if I can really be bothered even going to e-group. Where e-group was the very thing you used to love. 
Oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to bother going to morning and night services on a Sunday. Well, they were the, it was, that was the community that helped you and got you out of things and, and loved you. Come, this is, this is just things that you can identify if you're about to kill Abel. Because I don't want you to get to a place where you're here going, how did I get here? I look back over the life of six or seven years here in Dunedin and, and I'm friends with people on Facebook and I don't disfriend, defriend people so I can still see into their world. <laughs> and I look at some of the friends that I had at the beginning and I look at their lives now and, and, and you can just hear a sound, just a sound of dis- discontentment sometimes and a sound where they're missing community and they're missing people and... I'm sure they're doing well. I'm not saying they're not doing well. But they got to a point, how did I get here? Why? Because we just let the sound of familiarity get in and we, and we start thinking bad thoughts and we start changing our language. A lot of us, I, I want to encourage you, come on, check your language sometimes. Um, music team, you guys can jump up. Thank you. I know it's a little bit of a confronting uh, message to do, but I really just don't want you to, to just re- relax so much where that, that, that silly decisions happen over Christmas. Keep the disciplines, keep the things that the love of God and the, and the honour and the fear of the Lord in the, in the front of you. Keep Him, keep, keep him the main thing. Why? Because God is able. Gotta believe it. God's able. I had a great week with friends and all that sort of stuff, but there's just a circumstance that really, really discouraged me. Has nothing to do with us as a church and no one in the church. But there was a circumstance. I was like, man, that's just, I can't believe that. I just, just, I was saying a few things that, well, weren't, I don't know. I was just really discouraged. But I'm like then going, okay, God, have you given me a promise? Has God given us a promise? Yeah, God's given us a promise. I don't know how it's going to happen. This year has been awesome. Yeah, we're stretched out on a promise. <laughs> we're stretched out on a promise. Taking on the Mosgill campus and launched out into a new ven- different venues. And then in the city here as well, and packet like teams and creative teams, kids' teams, hosting teams, hospitality teams, two teams of everything across the board. Preaching rosters, leading rosters, communion rosters. Oh, God, I know you're able. I know you're able. I know you're able. I know you're able. Come on, over Christmas time, I'm believing, God. You know, we're going we're gonna to hit the ground running. But you've got to believe. You gotta, where's, where's, don't, let, don't kill Abel over Christmas. Don't kill him. Keep the faith alive. Keep the faith and know that God's called you and appointed you. And He's going to do great things through you. See, to sum this all up, 
there's a passage of Scripture that some of you may know, and I know some of you know it well. I really believe that as let's not get familiar, but let's, let's keep renewing our mind and let's be careful of our language. Really, the, the, the story in the Bible, not the story, the account in the Bible that sums us up is in Ezekiel 37. Where, where it says this, Then the Lord took hold of me, Ezekiel, and, and I was carried away by the Spirit of God to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Just talk about the most disorganised, dead place in the whole world. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? See, what's, the, what's he doing? He's challenging your thinking. You might think some situation is dead. You might think it's finished. You might think it's over. You might think there is no hope. You might think there's a foot over there, there's a head over there, there's a shoulder over there, like the valley of dry bones. You might think there is no hope. But prophetically, he's here, he's, he's challenging you, thinking, he's saying, hey, can, son of man, can these bones become living people again? And I'm sure he had to think. And his answer here was, O sovereign Lord, I replied, you only know the answer to that. I reckon that's a broad answer, but it was still challenging his thinking. That's okay. It's okay to have a broad answer. It's okay to put it back on God. God, you know. God, you know how this is going to work out. Only you know. And I'm putting my trust and I'm putting my faith in you because I know that you're able to do it. You're able to do it. I don't know how it's going to happen because right now. And that may be how you might be feeling in a situation. You're like, ah, I don't know. And then he goes on and he says, then he said this. Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you living alive again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will breathe in you. And you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. See, do you know what Abel means? Abel means breath. And when you speak and when you breathe prophetically, come on, Abel happens. Go with me on this. Abel happens. It's possible. When you speak, you create. In fact, I was listening to Pastor Jordan and he does his research. And he just said this, oh, by the way, whatever you say, the brain believes. I was like, tell me about that. And I sat down for three and a half hours listening to him. He goes, no, whatever you speak out of your mouth, the brain believes. And so whatever you create, whatever you prophesy, whatever you speak, the brain will come in line and it will believe. Psychologists have studies. Ask Jordan. I'm like, man, we've got to make sure we guard our speaking. We've got to challenge the way that we speak. And, you know, in circumstances, situations like, oh, come on, God. We're going to do this. This is going to happen. I'm going to see this. Yeah. 
I'm going to see that. I'm going to, I'm going to see the glory of God. So I wonder whether there's areas of our thinking that need to come in line with the Word of God. Or I wonder if there's areas of our declaration that need to come in line with the prophetic promises of God. Like Abraham, he didn't understand, but he came in line. He came in line. Thank you, Jesus. I wonder if we can stand as we finish. Come on, we're people of faith. People of faith, great faith. I'm so, I'm so honoured and I'm so proud of the church. The way that people are serving and served this year and I know we're not finished. I know there's a few more weeks. But you gotta know you're serving the greatest, the greatest thing on the face of the planet and that's the cause of Jesus Christ. And we gotta believe that God's gonna continue to do exceedingly above all that we might ask or think think through His power working in us. God's able. God is able. So what are you dreaming about? What are the promises that He's given you? Maybe the same promises that you got at the beginning of the year and you haven't seen it happen. Well, don't get familiar with God. Don't change your thinking to go, this is not going to happen. No. If God said it to you, if He gave you a promise, come on, you hold on to it. Don't change your thinking to align with the circumstance right now. Hold your thinking to hold on. When you get to a point where you keep your thinking, come on, declaration. What's your declaration? Letting God speak it out. Can these dry bones breathe again. Father, I thank You tonight for every person in this room. I thank You. They are, they are wonderful. They really, really are, Lord. Thank You for everyone, Lord, and their families and their children and their extended families, God. and Just for everything that You've placed in their lives and in their hearts and the promises that You gave them in the beginning of the year and or maybe promises that they're still holding on to for many years before. But maybe there's areas of familiarity that has gotten and just like, I'm just gonna accept this. I'm just gonna wait for it. But Lord, I, I pray tonight that Lord, there would be a stirring in their spirit. That Lord, you, you're, you are breathing into circumstances and situations that we might think are dead like in Ezekiel, Lord, but you're, you're challenging us again to answer that question. And, and, you know, for some of you, maybe the question, maybe the answer is just, oh, Sovereign Lord, You know. And to put it back in His court with maybe the living with a little bit of uncertainty, but we're still with a bit of faith. Saying, God, I don't know how this is gonna happen, but I do know You know. And letting our thinking come alive. Maybe tonight you might be able to start speaking and prophesying again. Come on, God, I believe again. I believe you're going to do it again. I believe, Lord, we're not just going to relax, but Lord, I'm going to just, my prayer life is going to go to another level. I'm just going to continue praying, God. Why? Because I'm trusting you. I believe, God. Come on, God, do it again. Come on, God, do it again. 
Come on, God, do it again. Over our city, do it again. Over our region, do it again. Lord, over our families. Come on, if you're believing for family members to be saved, Jesus, I've been praying for these people for a long time. Come on, Lord, I have to declare their salvation. Maybe you're believing for a breakthrough, a miracle. You need a situation. Maybe you're like Abraham. Well, God, I don't know, but you said it. Come on, the miraculous power of God, the tangible presence, the tangible power of God. Because God is able. God is able. God is able. So let's not kill Abel. Let's not get familiar. Let's not align our thinking with the things that are not of God and let's not let our declaration change the way we think. Holy Spirit, I thank You for what You're doing in people's lives. I pray, Lord, this is not about any condemnation whatsoever. But Lord, it's about again going to You and believing again. Believing for the miraculous. Believing for Your presence. Putting our trust and our faith in You. Living a life full of meaning, full of purpose. Bringing glory to You, God. We thank You, Jesus, for all that You've done all that you're going to do. Lord, over the Christmas period, I pray your blessing and safety over every single family. Pray, Lord, for joy and peace, prosperity, Lord, and fun. I pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.